on today's show. Christian Wood in extension talks with the Houston Rockets, how that situation could play out and how it could actually be extremely beneficial for the Houston Rockets to extend him this offseason. Also, we'll take a look at the draft profiles for Mark Williams and Walker Kessler, their strengths, their weaknesses, how they would fit in to this Houston Rockets team, and much, much more. All coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up? Welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast and the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. As always, we appreciate you for making LOR your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast we're also on youtube go to youtube search locked on rockets like comment subscribe shout out to everybody who leaves comments on the youtube page they are incredibly helpful so if you like the show if you care about the show if you want to support the show go comment on the youtube videos it's the best thing you can do to help out the show now today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has covered the season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online it's where the game starts for today's show, we're going to take a look at Christian Wood in possible extension negotiations with the Houston Rockets, how that could be really beneficial to the Houston Rockets moving forward. We'll also take a look at the draft profiles for Mark Williams out of Duke and Walker Kessler out of Auburn, how those guys look, their strengths, their weaknesses, how they would mesh with this current Rockets team, how they address some of the needs of this current Rockets team, projected draft range, all that good stuff. But let's start with Christian Wood, who just the other night threw out the first pitch at a Houston Astros game. And it's always cool when the, you know, the Rockets have, you know, a player go out, throw the first pitch at a, you know, at an Astros game or vice versa. If, you know, Rockets bring in an Astros player to do like the, the first shot, that kind of thing. It's always cool to kind of see the different players amongst the Houston fan bases uh, kind of interacting and whatnot. But that evening when Christian Wood did go to throw out the pitch, uh, he mentioned that the Rockets have had, that he and the Rockets have had discussions, that they've had a talk uh, about, you know, signing an extension. Uh, right now, the mo the max possible extension that the Rockets could offer to Christian with this offseason would be four years and about $77 million. So we'll just round up about $80 million in total, uh, although they would be able to, offer quite a bit more than that if they didn't revisit these uh, discussions, these contract discussions until next summer when Christian Wood is an unrestricted free agent and when they have uh, his full-blown bird rights. But let's take a quick look here. Two, two different avenues to kind of consider when it comes to the possible contract extension talks with Christian Wood. First off, talks are just talks, right? Until something is official, you know, you don't don't want to write it home, don't want to say it's a guarantee that it's going to happen. The Rockets had contract extension talks with Victor Oladipo, and it never materialized into anything, right? Sometimes it's more just a, an olive branch gesture of, hey, 
we know you're extension eligible. We just want to put this offer on the table and kind of see where your head is at. With Victor Oladipo, they did it. He never even considered signing it because he wanted to bet on himself, see what he could get that offseason. And then, you know, the Rockets wound up dealing him at the deadline, right? And thankfully, right, he didn't pick up the pin and sign because now he's, you know, currently rehabbing with the Miami Heat and making, what, like $4 million or something ridiculous. So, you know, sucks for Victor Oladipo, but it doesn't always translate. It doesn't always happen when these discussions do take place. Now, on the flip side of this, I do think that it's, well, myself and many others have kind of gotten to this point where we're ready for the Rockets to move on. We're ready for potentially Christian Wood to be, you know, traded to another team so that the Rockets can really go full force with the youth movement, kind of see what they potentially have with Alper and Shingun and, and possibly Paolo Bancaro if that's who they take at number three overall in this year's NBA draft, kind of see what that front court of the future could possibly look like. However, right now, it almost feels like Christian Wood's value is maybe at an all-time low from just his entire Rockets tenure, right? And if I had to gauge, I'd say that his value is probably at its highest point right after that first season that he played with the Rockets where he did miss those 17 games, came back, was able to still put up numbers upon his return. And overall, he had a large sample size. He showed what he could do as a starter. And that offseason... <clears throat> pardon me, going into the 2021 NBA draft was probably the high point of Christian Wood's value. And I even remember back then arguing that it would be a mistake for the Rockets to try and deal Christian Wood that early into his contract with two years left because he probably hadn't quite peaked and that there might be another gear for him to kind of drop into and raise his value even further. And I guess, you know, hindsight 2020, that was maybe a mistake because we saw at this past trade deadline, the Rockets couldn't get you know, appropriate value back for Christian Wood or for Eric Gordon. They couldn't get any future draft capital past this this year's current NBA draft. And right now, you look at some of the talking heads around the league, Danny LaRose, Sam Bassini, who are kind of evaluating Christian Wood at less than a first-round draft pick. And that's kind of tough to stomach when you consider the fact that if the Rockets were to move on from him to receive such little value back for a guy who is, you know, a walking 20-10 and 10 dude, albeit question marks defensively, question marks on effort, whatever, that's kind of tough. Now, one of the other factors at play when you look at Christian Wood as a possible trade candidate is the fact that he's a one-year rental right now, right? They, he's only under contract for this next season, and that's it. So whatever team does trade for him, especially because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season, whatever team trades for him possibly will have his bird rights, but Christian Wood could just walk. So you're, it's going to be really tough to extract maximum value back if C. Wood can just walk after a year with your team, right? So if he's unhappy, if he wants to go to another place, somebody else offers him the bag, then he may just dip. Now, if you entertain the idea momentarily of elongating Christian Wood's tenure just a little bit with the Houston Rockets, if they were able to negotiate an extension with him, they max like four-year about 20 million a year, you know, 77 over four years, whatever. If they were to lock him into that level of an extension, then the Rockets would have another half season where they'd be delayed because there would be the, you know, the requirement to wait out like the six month period after Christian Wood signed his contract. And the Rockets could potentially be able to deal Christian Wood at the trade deadline, right? And he would have then three and a half years left on his deal. 
So that would potentially alleviate some of the concerns from a perspective, uh, you know, trade partner for Christian Wood, because then he'd be locked down on a long-term, relatively team-friendly deal for a walking 20 and 10 kind of guy. And there's a lot of teams out there that could utilize Christian Wood's services and really what he brings to the table for a team like, Hey, the Dallas Mavericks would be a great fit. The Charlotte Hornets would be a great fit. Um, even the Memphis Grizzlies have been floated as a as a possible trade partner to form, you know, a, a really really competitive team. You know, get some, you know, get uh, you know the five out spacing. You know, put Christian Wood alongside a guy like Triple J so that he can kind of make up for some of the defensive deficiencies that Christian Wood may have in his game. Be able to guard some of the larger bigs across the league. There's possibility there. So. While I'm not entirely jazzed about the idea of locking down Christian Wood into long-term money and then, and then basically being forced into another half season of, of seeing what Christian Wood can do kind of to prop up his trade value and kind of postponing a little bit the full-blown, like hit the reset button and focus on the entire youth movement side of things. If it works out in the long term by rehabbing his trade value or at least boosting his trade value to where you're going to get more than just, you know, a marginal draft, you know, moving up in a draft like this year's draft or, you know, I don't know, just boosting his trade value to where you get some semblance of a decent return package, then it might be worth considering if you're the Houston Rockets. So those are at least the angles that I've kind of tackled when you consider a possible Christian Wood extension and why it's not the absolute end of the world. Uh, and at this point, if Christian Wood's trade value really is that low, as per some of the guys around the league kind of evaluating where the Rockets are at and where they stand with Christian Wood and how he looks on the market, I would I would venture a guess is to say, buckle up and expect Christian Wood to be here at the start of this next season, even though it'd be nice to be able to roll out a starting lineup of Alperin Shingun, Paolo Bencaro, and whoever else at the three spot, it it feels like it's becoming increasingly more and more unlikely that that's the actual direction that this Rockets team goes if Christian Wood's value is that low. So with that coming up, I do want to dive into the draft profiles for one Mark Williams from Duke and Walker Kessler from Auburn. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Truebill because do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that is out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your hard-earned money. Download Truebill to finally take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. I hate to admit it, but that's happened to me before. It happens to a lot of people. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions so incredibly hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, one click, one button press. It is that easy. Don't fall for any more subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked on NBA big board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a single pick. You can follow and listen wherever you listen to this podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Everywhere you get this podcast, be sure to check it out. 
I think you're going to be very excited about the picks that I was able to make at three and 17 for the Houston Rockets. Now, Let's go ahead and dive in, start talking a little bit about, we'll start with Mark Williams. We'll do Walker Kessler in the third segment. I figure, hey, we you know lead with some news talking about Christian Wood, the Rockets' current center. Might as well package in a couple other perspective Rockets centers uh, from this year's NBA draft. A couple guys who uh, I've been really interested by. I'm probably a little bit more so down on Walker Kessler as of late. Mark Williams, though, a, a lot of in- impressive physical tools um just an absolute monster when you go through through his actual physical so let's start there um seven feet tall seven foot seven wingspan an absolute monstrous wingspan weighs about 242 pounds this past season he had what 11 points per game a little over seven rebounds per game just under three blocks per game and what makes him so special right is he is an absolute like force on the inside on both ends of the floor, right? Offensively and defensively. This would be like your right now, right now, Mark Williams would be like your prototypical, like rim running big. That is what he does. That is what he excels at. He is an impressive shot blocker. He's got an incredible feel for the game, kind of on both ends of the floor but even specifically like on the defensive side of the floor, great off ball awareness, great ability to rotate, uh, just has a, a knack for that, that presence, that interior defensive presence that you really want out of a true five like him. And the ability to score the ball on the interior, great rebounder, everything that you would want out of a, again, a traditional five. And I'll, I'll go ahead and pull up his uh, little heat map here so you can get a feel for exactly uh, just his offensive game and the, the one, you know, one of the main knocks on Mark Williams's game would be the fact that he's, you know, he's very limited to the fact that his game revolves entirely around, uh, the paint right now. He, he doesn't have any level of a mid range game or a long distance game. However, I would say that even though he doesn't, he didn't take many jumpers at the collegiate level, his shooting form looks really solid. And I think that if you look at his free throw shooting, which he shot just under 75% from the free throw line, 74.6% to be exact. And you look at his actual free throw shooting form and just his overall shooting stroke. I think there's kind of some confidence there that Mark Williams could very much add some range to his game at the NBA level and kind of stretch his offensive game out a little bit, either to the mid range or even all the way out to the three point line. Now, unlike a lot of other bigs, uh, you know, that are coming out in this year's draft and kind of just the way bigs are being trained these days is he doesn't necessarily have like an abundance of guard like skills. It feels like a lot of bigs are kind of being taught how to play as guards, especially offensively to give them kind of that versatile skill set to where they can do a little bit of everything offensively, where they can, you know, be out on the perimeter. They can handle a little bit. They can pass a little bit. Mark Williams doesn't necessarily have a lot of that in his bag, which is probably one of the offensive drawbacks to his game. Cause he is, again, I don't want to say it feels bad to say one dimensional offensively, but that's kind of what it is, is he's going to be at least at the, you know, you know, on the jump or at the jump, he's going to be very limited offensively to being, you know, either stationed in that dunker spot and just operating off of that or operating exclusively out of the pick and roll as a roll man, as a lob threat, somebody who can kind of space the floor vertically. Now, if you're elite at doing that, and if you're elite on the defensive side of the floor, there's still absolutely a role for you in the NBA, especially when you have the possibility, right, of adding to the offensive repertoire and 
you know, building past that and, and doing more than just that. So past that, you, you look at the defensive side of things and what he's able to do. He moves well. He's got, you know, a great feel for the game. I think the biggest drawback to him defensively, uh, because he's got the size, he's got, you know, the, the defensive wherewithal to go against the bigger players. The biggest issue for him is he's very much just a drop defending big right now. Like he, you know, is going to probably struggle a little bit switching onto the perimeter at the NBA level, maybe lacking a little bit with that kind of lateral quickness. Um, and, and that is one of those areas that you have to look at with today's NBA is how how good of a switch defender can a player be. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't still have a role in the NBA. And when you look at a guy with the physical gifts that he has, somebody who can really change the dynamic of a game just by his sheer presence on the interior, that's still something that is absolutely worthwhile to consider when you look at a guy like that. Now, I will say that even though I kind of, you know, harped on him offensively a little bit, it's not that he can't, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit, make some things happen around the rim, take a couple dribbles when necessary. He's going to be able to make the right passes, the right reads. He's just not a guy that you're going to like give the ball to and, and say, all right, like go, you know, run us a set, go, you know, initiate a play. That's not what you're going to get out of Mark Williams. I do think there's a ton of untapped offensive potential there, but overall he is an incredibly explosive big man who really understands his role in the game and, and you know excels on both sides of the basketball for exactly what you would want out of a guy like him at his position. I'd say you could probably look at him uh a couple of the draft comps that I've seen for him that I that I really like is maybe like a taller, more physically gifted Rob Williams, which we're kind of seeing what Rob Williams is able to do right now in the NBA finals with the Boston Celtics, kind of what he's done through this entire playoff run. Now I will say one of the areas that Rob Williams has over Mark Williams is the fact that Rob Williams is smaller and is a more capable switch defender, which plays into the Celtics defensive scheme and just the ability for him to play multiple different defensive schemes, right? He can play in drop. He can play in zone. He can switch. He can go man to man. He can guard smaller players, like all these different things. I don't think Mark Williams necessarily has that in his bag. Uh, the other comp that uh, Kevin O'Connor threw out, which I like is uh, calling him a consistent Hassan Whiteside, right? Because Hassan Whiteside for a big showed a lot of potential, a lot of flashes, but was ever never able to really string together a level of consistency to where you felt comfortable or confident in his play. And I think that's kind of uh, you know a funny way to look at Mark Williams as a guy who has all those same explosive physical gifts, the size, the athleticism, all of that, but just a more, more consistency overall, better motor uh, to his game th than Hassan Whiteside did. When you look at him for the Rockets, I, I think one of the things that I've desperately wanted for this Rockets team is some size. Um, the Rockets desperately are a team that has played, they, they've played entirely way too small for way too long, in my opinion. And having at least one legitimate seven footer, even if it's just for situational use, um, to be able to kind of run alongside some of their players uh, would be an absolute godsend for this Rockets team. Pairing him with potentially uh, former teammate Paolo Bancaro, two guys who would already have a lot of chemistry together, would be a really enticing proposition. Being able to give him some pick and roll threats or pick and roll ball handlers like KPJ or Jalen Green, we could see him really flourish in that role, especially offensively, giving him kind of the gravity to play off of the guys like that. Will he be available to the Houston Rockets at pick 17? 
I've seen some mocks where he goes as early as like 10. I've also seen some where he falls into like the late teens. So I think when you've got all these different prospects, especially in those, the mid teens, late lottery area, um, you know, middle area of the first round, there's so many different players that feel like they're moving up into the draft, right? Where you've got different guys with draft stock that just continues to rise. Eventually some of these other guys are going to fall. And I think Mark Williams is absolutely one of the guys that could fall to the Houston Rockets down at 17. I would be hard pressed to imagine him getting past both of the Charlotte Hornets picks at 13 and 15, unfortunately, because the Hornets are also desperately in need of some size at their five spot. I almost expect like them to use one of those picks guaranteed on Mark Williams if he's on the board when they're still selecting. So maybe Mark Williams is an enticing enough prospect for the Rockets to try and trade up a little bit and have, you know, have them or have him in their sights possibly. But those are just my thoughts on Mark Williams, kind of what he would bring to the table for this Houston Rockets team, what makes him an interesting prospect. Coming up, I do want to talk about Walker Kessler, another center in this year's NBA draft. But first, a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's finals odds, NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, even boxing. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, the NBA draft, and more. And right now, the odds are now extended over at Bet Online. It was just the first overall selection. Now they've got odds for all top five selections in this year's NBA draft. So right now, the odds on favorite for the third overall pick owned by your Houston Rockets is Paolo Bancaro at minus 600. Following that, you've got Chet Holmgren at plus 700 and Jaden Ivey at a plus 1400 to go third overall in this year's NBA draft. So for all of that and more odds, be sure to check out their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making LOR your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Samen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to and get this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Google, YouTube, everywhere. Now, let's talk a little Walker Kessler out of Auburn here for a moment. Uh, Walker Kessler, a lot of the, a lot of similarities between Mark Williams and Walker Kessler. Two guys very gifted when you just look at their physicals, their size. Uh, although Walker Kessler, not quite the athlete that Mark Williams would be, just lacking uh, lacking a lot of the explosiveness that makes Mark Williams so unique, both as a as a defender and as an offensive force. Uh, now going over uh, Walker Kessler's physicals here weighs about 245 pounds. He's a little over seven feet tall, seven foot five wingspan. What's absurd about him is he has a great feel for the game defensively blocked four and a half shots per game, just swatting anything and everything that came near the rim for Auburn, a complete defensive force. 
Uh, somebody, and that, that's a skill set that is absolutely going to translate to the NBA level. Somebody that really has that great feel for how to defend the interior. So much of that, right, boils down to like defensive IQ. And you've got the physicals that he has, plus the defensive IQ, the understanding of where to be, when to rotate, when to jump, when to contest, all those different things. It leads to a guy who gets four and a half blocks per game. Uh, now, yeah, that's four and a half blocks per game at the collegiate level. Is he going to average almost five blocks a game as an NBA player right out the gate? Probably not. But this skill set is absolutely there, and he's going to be an impressive defensive force that is, that is going to be ready to help an NBA team pretty much right away because he's got the size to be an immediate impact player. So when you look at just his overall skill set, right, he's got the shot blocking, he's got the defensive awareness, the defensive IQ, uh, he is a relatively decent skilled uh, interior scorer, uh, you know, great hustle uh, around the game, just a great feel for the game for a big, and we'll pull up his shot profile here because this is kind of what has me a little bit more down on him than I probably was a bit earlier in the season because when you see a guy with his size, with his physicals who can you know, theoretically stretch the floor all the way out to the three-point line, you get really excited because you're like, oh, a unicorn, right? A, you know, a, a poor man's Chet Holmgren, if you will. Somebody who's going to be that defensive force who has some somewhat like guard-like skills offensively, which is another area where I'd say Walker Kessler and Mark Williams kind of differ is Walker Kessler can kind of put the ball on the floor a little bit, can play make a little bit, nothing fancy, nothing extravagant but definitely a little bit more comfortable with the ball in his hands, I would say, than a Mark Williams. But when you look at his shot chart, you know, was very capable on the interior, what uh, was was solid and strong in and around the basket. But then you go and you look at his numbers uh, away from the basket and you start getting really concerned. So he shot 81% at the rim. Then he goes all the way down to 46.2% in the painted area. And then if you go all the way out to the perimeter, just going around the horn, he shot 22.2% from, from the left wing, 10.5% from the top of the key, and then just 18.2% from the right wing. So is he a three-point shooter? Not really. I mean, he shot 20% for the year, just 10 of 50 from the three-point line. Now, apparently he did shoot better when he was in high school. So maybe, you know, it's a down year, a fluke season, what have you. Like, you know, I don't want to be, you know, incredibly too harsh on him. But for a guy that should have kind of that unicorn capability as a player, it really didn't show out during his collegiate run. And again, he, you know, very similar to Mark Williams, he's going to be kind of a, a drop defender. But you know, he, I think he's a bit more mobile on the perimeter as a guy who can defend a little bit better, uh, you know, kind of keep up with some guards, at least at a slightly better level, just, you know, good, good ability to move his feet a little bit, kind of stopping on a dime. And again, a part of that is just that anticipation factor, right? As a shot blocker, that defensive awareness, the ability to kind of, I don't know, anticipate what an offensive player is going to do. And anticipation is a big part of being a decent shot blocker. One area that I had in my notes here that I actually forgot to mention for uh, Mark Williams that does apply to both these guys, Mark Williams and Walker Kessler. Both guys have great hands for, for big men. I feel like it's kind of, and maybe that's part of the whole, the way the NBA game is translating. Maybe it's just an old stereotype that like bigs were kind of, you know, these you know clumsy giants, if you will. But Walker Kessler and Mark Williams, both solid hands, catching passes in and around the rim, being able to finish them kind of soft touch in and around the bucket. Um, 
you know, the ability to set solid screens, all these different areas of their game that make them really solid big men. But when it comes to Walker Kessler, again, I, I think that there's the legitimate concern about whether or not his, his outside game is actually going to translate. And then when you look at, if you, if you kind of effectively remove that from his game, seeing as how it didn't exactly blow anybody out of the water, then you're left with just kind of a, I don't know, a poor man's version of Mark Williams. And I, I think at that point, that's what makes Mark Williams such, you know, a more enticing prospect because he does some of the other things that Walker Kessler does already significantly better, like the interior finishing, like the defensive presence, um, just a, a, you know, better rim running big, if that's how you're going to boil them down. Now, maybe there's the ability for Walker Kessler to kind of bounce back at the NBA level, get that three ball up to a place where he's at least a competent catch and shoot player. Um, you know, doesn't have a ton left in his offensive arsenal, doesn't have like, you know, really go to post moves or anything like that. So again, I was really excited by Walker Kessler. The blocking numbers were out of this world this past season. And I thought that he would be like the perfect guy to throw into this rocket system and maybe throw alongside like an Alper and Shingoon or, you know, if they draft Paolo Bencaro, that kind of guy. But I feel like his draft stock is kind of plummeting a little bit. I've seen some mocks where he's going like all the way at the end of the first round now or, you know, early 20s kind of area. So I'm confident he's going to be on the board when the Rockets are selecting at 17, but I'm also not incredibly confident that he's going to be the best player for the Rockets to select on the board at pick 17. But I wanted to lump him together with Mark Williams, kind of knock out the two centers back to back as we're clearing out our draft profiles just ahead of the NBA draft. So do me a favor. Let me know what you think about Mark Williams and Walker Kessler as prospects in the YouTube comments. Let me know about how you feel about the Christian Wood extension. Let me know in the YouTube comments. I do read each and every one of those. But as always, appreciate you for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Already mentioned it a couple of times, but check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.